I want to be careful that I don't exalt physical satisfaction to a place that is more important than the well-being of my soul. Right? Be better to lose a member of your body than for your soul to perish in hell. From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Welcome again to the Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpott, and as always, I'm joined by Pastor Richard Caldwell of Founders Baptist Church. Now, with the podcast this time, we're going to do things a little differently. Instead of me asking Pastor Richard the question, we actually have a small, live audience of mostly young people who have important topics they'd like to ask Pastor Richard. So we hope you'll enjoy this new format for Season 14 of Straight Truth. But if you have a question you'd like to ask Pastor Richard, as always, please leave a comment below this video or submit a question on our website, straighttruth.net. With that, let's get to the question for this episode. Um, Matthew 5, 27-30 tells us what we ought to do concerning our sin, but is there still more to the process of deceiving sin than this text that uh, this text does not give? Like, what does it mean to actually rip out your eyes? Mm. Uh, Matthew 5, 27 through 30, here's what it says. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Yeah, a few, th- few thoughts come to mind as I read that text. First of all, the, that text makes clear that sin is not just an external issue. It's not just something external to us. It's something that, w- that every human being knows. And if we're talking about a battle against sin, must battle on the internal level. He says there that anyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So sin is a heart issue before it's a physical issue. That makes it really difficult to battle for the Christian. If we think about a a believer wanting to overcome sin, uh, because now it's not just about what I do with my body, it's about what goes on in my mind. It's about what goes on in the realm of my intentions, my ambitions, my motives. That's a very, very difficult thing. Something else that this passage makes clear is the knowledge of that battle should point me to the Savior. When he talks about the seriousness of sin, even so serious that it would be preferable to lose a member of your body than to lose your soul, right? Preferable to lose your eye than to lose your soul. Preferable to lose your hand than to lose your soul. Now that, that puts sin in the context of its weightiness in a way that most people don't really consider sin. Many people living in, in, in your day and my day take sin very lightly. It's, oh well, we all do it, and it's just a real light matter. But Jesus puts it into the most serious context to, to point us to the value of our soul, but also the, the everlasting consequence of these lives that we're living. Where does this all end? It doesn't end at the grave, it ends beyond the grave. And it would be better for me to lose a a member of my body than to spend eternity in hell. Now that ought to point me 
to my need for a savior. Because if sin is an internal matter, if it's something that gets to my thinking, my motives, my ambitions, I'll never conquer that in my, in my own ability. I can't atone for that. The only way for me to answer for that is hell. So I need someone to rescue me, not only from my sin problem, but to rescue me from hell itself. That points me to the very one who's giving the message, to the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the second thought that comes to my mind. In terms of what he's talking about, you know, pulling out your eye, cutting off your hand, what he's saying is that we must be willing to deal with sin radically. If you want to overcome sin, you've got to deal with it in the most radical terms. Our Lord was not teaching us to literally rip out an eye or cut off a hand. There have been some in church history who've actually tried to practice that sort of thing to overcome sexual sin and other sorts of sins. That's not what he's saying. What he is saying is we must be willing to take radical action. So your question was, you know, what does it mean? I think it's metaphorical in nature. It's pointing to something that's not to be taken literally here, but figuratively. And he's saying whatever it takes to deal with your sin issue, you ought to be willing to do it because it's a very serious issue. Now, what that looks like in practical terms, first of all, it means that I, I must be sure that I know Jesus as Lord and Savior because until I come to know Christ, I'm a slave to sin. I can never overcome sin if I, don't, if I haven't been delivered from its not only its guilt, but its enslaving power by the power of God found in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. So have I really been forgiven of my sins? Are all my sins forgiven? Am I working from that foundation as I'm attacking the sin issue, that I'm a forgiven person? And do I have the Spirit of God so that now I have a helper that goes even beyond my own ability? Do I have a new nature so that now I'm no longer spiritually blind and deaf and enslaved? Am I in Christ? Once that issue's settled, yes, I, I have faith in the Son of God. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, in Corinthians 5, 17. I have new abilities found in Him. Now, what are the means that God has ordained for His people to mortify, put to death, sin in their lives? And I would go to a passage like uh, Ephesians 6 that talks about the full armor of God, for example. That, that would represent a means that God has given me. When I think about the psalmist saying, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now that's one of the means that God has ordained. Uh, knowing His word, memorizing His word, being saturated with His word. When I think about prayer, Jesus saying to his own disciples, pray that you do not enter into temptation as he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's an example of how prayer is a means that God has given us to deal with the sin issues in our lives. So there are many means that God has used, uh, given us for, for this use, but perhaps where it all begins and what this passage indicates, where it all begins is that I actually care to do the battle and I understand the seriousness of what is at stake. I don't take sin lightly. And all sin is worthy not only of physical death, but it's worthy of everlasting death. That's how hateful it is to God. Therefore, it must be hateful to me. I've heard you say before that the eye is like a gate to the heart. You know, like there's this way of, of opening, you know, that whatever comes in the eyes, might, you know, will, will, will eventually make its way down into the heart. And I was thinking about this text uh, that we often read it and view it with, with sort of male eyes because mm. he says whoever looks on a right. woman with lustful intent um, has committed adultery in their heart already. 
Is there is this only for males, or is this mm-hmm. is this is there application here for females? Yeah, I think when we understand that in, in a in a figurative sense, not a literal sense, we can easily see how it's for all of us. It's not just for males. The battle is in the heart. The battle is in the mind. It ex- the, what Jesus is teaching here extends to all sin, all kinds of sin. He just gave one example of it to point us to the internal nature of sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's easy for us to identify with. Is it, just, is it just committing physical adultery? No. It's looking at a woman with sinful intentions in your heart. So that, that takes that one issue and helps us to see how it applies to all issues. And sort of pivoting off what you mentioned, Josh, you know, when you go back to the book of Genesis and you think about the original temptation, mm-hmm. Satan's temptation of the woman, and you, what you see there are three avenues in which she was tempted. She saw the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She saw it as good for food. She saw it as attractive to her eyes. She saw it as as having the the ability to make someone wise. When you go to 1 John 2.15, we're taught not to love the world. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, is not of the Father but is of the world. What you find are these three avenues of temptation have really never changed. What is attractive to us visually? Mm-hmm. What is attractive to us physically? She saw it was good for food, right. Eve did, right? Lust of the flesh. What elevates man? What makes us feel better about ourselves? The boastful pride of life. Mm-hmm. Those are the avenues of temptation that human beings are still dealing with to this day. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, that that's where the battle is met with, I wanna be careful about what I take into my eyes. I wanna be careful that I don't exalt physical satisfaction to a place that is more important than the well-being of my soul, right? It'd be better to lose a member of your body than for your soul to perish in hell. What's most important for me today is not what would physically satisfy me, but what is good for my soul. And then what I, I always want to do is be careful of that which would exalt me and actually diminish God. I want to hear the word of God, which will exalt God and humble me. Mm. And as we practice that carefulness, then we're on the road to putting to death the deeds of the body, putting to death the things that dishonor God's sin in our lives. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Straight Truth Podcast. Now we'd love to have you share this episode with friends and family. And the easiest way to do that is by going to our website, straighttruth.net, and subscribing to one of our social media channels like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now, Straight Truth is listener-supported. So if you'd like to find out ways to help us to continue to produce this podcast, again, go to our website, straighttruth.net. Now, Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingandgrace.org.